Yo, what up? This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Today, I have a special guest in the building. Um, we met on Clubhouse through a mutual friend, and uh, we had a conversation there. It was a really good conversation about podcasting. But before we go there, do you mind introducing yourself to the people? Yeah, man, definitely. Mike, thank you so much for being it's for letting me be here. Um, I'm so excited to be here, man. Uh, but yeah, my name is uh, Cesar Espino. And um, yeah, I, I actually um, I was born in Mexico City, came to the States when I was uh, 10 years old. And I mean, there's like so much that I can tell you, you know, just coming through that and, and the journey of that and, you know, being here. But I can tell you uh, a couple of years back, I decided to take my leap of faith and became a full-time entrepreneur and so now my focus is real estate investing uh, mind coaching and multiple number one best international seller on, on books and so that's kind of what I'm doing now man and I'm trying to really empower inspire other people to reach their full potential nice nice what is mind coaching exactly yeah, so I, it really comes down to just, uh, I, I divide into a couple of different things, right? So I use the the practice of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, and really comes down to three different elements that, uh, that at least the people that come to me and how I work with them. Number one is uh, limiting beliefs, right? So beliefs that people have that are limited, right? So maybe I'm not good enough. Uh, no one loves me. Uh, you know, I'm never going to find that husband, that wife, that girlfriend, that boyfriend, right? So those limiting beliefs. The second one is the uh, limiting uh, emotions or negative emotions, right? So I'm always angry. Uh, I'm not, you know, good enough in, in, in terms of uh, being likable uh, or, or things of that nature. So those emotions that we have, right? sadness, happiness, so on and so forth. And then the last one is toxicity within people, people that are toxic to your environment. And sometimes it's so difficult for us to really step away from that and, and really let people go because we feel like we're bound to be with them, specifically when it comes down to like um, family and or friends that are from, you know, long, long time friends. And so my, uh, my coaching is really working on those three different elements and then holding you accountable to different actions. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's funny you say like letting go of people because that's something that I, I have a <laughs> big challenge with, but um, how did you get to that place of like, I guess having that much control? Yeah. I, I got to tell you, I think for me um, and I'll give you a quick story, right? It really started for me as a kid, right? As I mentioned, I was born in Mexico City and I was born to just one parent, just my mom. I never met my biological father. To this day, I don't even know who he is. I don't even know his name. I don't know if he's alive and really I can care less, right? Except though, the point that I'm trying to make though is that uh, being born to just one parent and being born in a society where really poverty is, is, is you know evident every single place that you look at. I didn't come from no wealthy family. As a matter of fact, it was just my mom, my grandmother, my older brother. And we used to live in this place that we call home that was literally just 200 to 250 square feet of space made out of sheet metal, plywood, no running water, no electricity, and right on, on the dirt. And I, I say that because, again, going back to where I am now to who I was, it's a big transformation. And my life has been all about transformation throughout the last couple of years. 
um, at the age of four, I started working uh, in Mexico to be able to provide. So I never really had a childhood. I used to sell things at the flea market uh, just to kind of make ends meet. And then I, uh, at one point, we graduated from that, or I said we graduated because it was not working out. And so we started um, uh, sewing clothing, right? So I had my sewing machine, and we used to sew clothing. It wasn't until the age of 10 when I came to the States that uh, I came through a couple of different pivotal moments or turning points. The very first one is coming at the age of 10. I didn't want to be here. And here's a lesson that I learned, right? Is that sometimes we as people tend to be uh, very uncomfortable. And because we're so uncomfortable, we have the fear of doing something new. So for me, at the age of 10, I had the fear of being in this great nation. And I was uncomfortable because I couldn't speak the language. I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't communicate. I had no friends, different uh, ethnicities in that nature. I was so uncomfortable and afraid that I told my, my who I see as my dad now, but it's my stepdad uh, at that time. I said, hey, I don't belong here. I need to go back to Mexico. Think about it for one second. I was so afraid of being uncomfortable that I'd rather be comfortable in being poor in Mexico, not having sometimes food to eat, not having clothes, and working at an early age. And as we think about it from that perspective, even me right now as an adult, sometimes we are so afraid of being uncomfortable, of letting go of that toxic relationship, letting go of those emotions, letting go of anything because we're afraid of the outcome. And so that was one of the first things that I, that I realized. And so what I did is I surrendered. So kind of answering your question is I surrendered to not give up. I surrendered to accept the fact that this is my new reality and that if I want to make a change, for things to change, I have to change, right? Not the economy, not the, the who's in office, not any of that. Really, the change comes within. And so, so I surrendered, I accepted that, and then I acted upon that, which I needed to do to become who I am now, right? And so uh, every, ever since I, I started that and throughout, again, I've gone through so many different things. I, I said, you know what, there's something bigger and better for me. And so with that, I worked a lot on the mindset. I worked a lot on, on, on going through that. And I kind of stumbled on that, to be honest with you. I, I stumbled on that because my primary focus was real estate investing. Through that and meeting people like you, I started meeting, meeting and knowing different things that I'm like, you know what, there's a better way for me. And that's how I got involved into, you know, mind coaching. Nice, nice. Um, what has been your biggest challenge, like in the last five years? <laughs> Man, I gotta tell you, I, I think it goes back to that. It, it's my biggest challenge. I would say it goes back to believing that I can do it, believing that I mm. can become somebody new, believing that the journey that I'm taking on right now, that it is possible for me. Right. And what I mean by that, again, we given statistics, on any given day, we as people have anywhere between 60 to 70,000 thoughts going through our head. Of those 60 to 70,000 thoughts, 80% of them are negative and 90% of them are repetitive from, from the previous days. So when you yeah. think about that, that's a lot of negativity going through your head. On top of, and part of that is because there's the news, which is negative programs. There's music that's negative. There's, you know, people talking crap that is all negative. So there's so much negativity between people, radio, what you see, what you hear, and, and all that stuff, right? And so when I think about that, I, at one point, was very challenged with leaving my corporate job. I was making pretty good money, pay, getting paid over six figures, had a really good job. I love the job. Not, I, I cannot say nothing negative about that job. Except for me is like, there's got to be a bigger purpose. And I think that was because of where I came from, right? And 
I was so afraid of letting that go. It actually took me seven months to turn in my, my two-week notice or to quit my job because the, first, the day that I said I was going to do it, I didn't do it. I lost a relationship because of that. I lost friends because of a lot of those things, not taking the action. Um, and it took me seven months. I was dwelling on the idea for seven months before I actually decided to quit my job. Once I did that, then the idea of, can I do this? Am I good enough to actually go through this journey? How am I going to make ends meet? Am I going to lose my house? Am I going to, and all these things come to mind. And so my, my best advice, and, and again, for me, that, that has been one of the biggest challenges because being an entrepreneur and whether you want to be in that space or not, is, is not all, you know, rainbow and diamonds. I mean, you're going to go through some right. very major roller coasters, right? And you got to be able to have the mindset. You have to have the tenacity. You have to have that uh, ending mind, uh, a target so you can follow through and be okay with the rejection and the no. And so for me, going through all of that has been a challenge from a financial perspective, from an emotional perspective, many different things. Les Brown said, um, when, you're, when you're working on your dream, it gets lonely on the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. And it is true. As an entrepreneur, you might lose friends, family, all that stuff. And if you want your dream, you got to keep pushing through and you're going to be lonely from time to time. I know that for a fact. You might have days that you don't have money, especially if you're starting your journey. Even if you quit your job and you have all this money, I can tell you I've lost so much money on real estate investing just as I made money. That's the difference between me and somebody else, though, is that I'm, I'm not saying I'm okay losing money, except is I'll be uh, facing that with a different mentality, right? And so yeah. that, that's, that has been, uh, you know, for me, a major, major thing. How do you cope with the loneliness? Like when you feel those moments of loneliness, how do you deal with it? Yeah, you know, that's a good question, man. I got to tell you, I, I think for me, uh, and people see it in different perspective. I, I call it my highest intention. Some people talk about what is your why? What is your purpose? Um, it's really at the end of the day is what is the one thing that you're working on? Like what is the end in mind? And I go back to that, right? So people talk about, well, if I'm doing this for my kids, per se, um, even when you're down, you're going to go back to, to that motivation, to, to that drive, to understanding that the reason why you're doing what you're doing is for that particular reason. For me, is I want to really empower, I want to inspire, I want to aspire people to reach their full potential. And through that, I know that I'm going through, I'm going to go through some hurdles. And therefore, I go back to that purpose. I go back to why did I start in the first place, right? I didn't come this far to give up and go back to what I was doing before, right? Uh, one of the biggest advice that I can give you in relationship-wise is that make sure that you don't cheat on your future with your past. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that sometimes we get hung up on the past, that we allow the past take over their opportunities that you're going to have today or tomorrow. The past is nearly an experience. It's, it's a, an educational experience. Extract the lessons, the things that are going to serve you, and use them to your, to, to your advantage for, for now and for tomorrow. But don't dwell on the past. And so for me, it's like, well, why did I start this journey? What am I trying to do? What am I trying to accomplish? And even when it gets lonely, go out and, and, and keep doing it. One of the things that I, uh, that I build as one of my habits now is that when I do feel lonely, um, I journal. Uh, that's one thing that I do. 
the other thing that I do is I go out for a walk. I, I connect with the, with nature, right? I mean, going out with the walk, the, the air, you know, just all this stuff. I put on some uh, earphones and, and I listen to motivational speakers, audio books, things that are going to motivate me or affirmations. And believe it or not, that is going to take you out of that, uh, that uh, I guess, depression mode or that loneliness. Um, you got to stay busy with your purpose. Yeah. Um. I appreciate you sharing that. It also made me want to ask you because I've I've had this com- this conversation all month. But what is the difference between passion and gifts, mm. and is there a difference? Yeah, I think that, that, that there is. Right. I mean, um, some people you, you, sometimes you hear people. Well, he was born with the gift of you know being able to be a good sports person. You know, he can he can jump, he can run. You know, that might be a gift, right? But just because you have that gift, you've seen people that are pretty tall that you will say, man, you have the gift to play basketball. I mean, you have the height to do that, yet they're not passionate about it. I think the difference between one or the other is that a passion is something that you're going to do, whether you're getting paid for or not, something that you're actually going to enjoy, that is going to bring um, happiness to you, that is going to bring enjoyment for you. Um, again, uh, if I relate to my, my own life is... I think I was good at working in corporate America, connecting with people, uh, building relationships in many different aspects. And whether you want to call that a gift or not, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I was good at it. But that was not my passion, right? My passion became something different, which is what I'm doing now. And so I, I think that that's what it is. The minute that you can take away a monetary value of, of the things you're doing and you're really enjoying them, that is passion, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, outside of the work that you do, what brings you joy? Outside of, I would say, you know, I, I want to say I'm a family man for sure. Uh, I'm not married, but I do have a daughter. I have a grandkid. Uh, and so between that and my parents, they're both still alive. Um, I would say that really just enjoying that. And I, I in, in my opinion, that is a, a huge fundamental aspect of people's lives to be able to connect with the people that really support you and are going to be there to, to love you. Right. And so uh, I, I would say that's one. The other thing too, is like, as interesting as this, this is my sound uh, a couple of months back, somebody asked me, when are you working and when are you off? And I said, I'm always working and I'm always off. And it kind of goes back to what you, you asked me previous is that passion. See what I do now. I don't see it as work. I enjoy yeah. what I do, you know? And so, at the same time, because I am an entrepreneur, I can be working on a book at midnight or I can be watching a movie or I can be with my family there. I don't really have a schedule. And so yeah. I kind of run my, my life or, or my, my day based on what am I going to feel fulfilled with today? Whether it's, it's work, quote unquote, work or, or, or pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just being an entrepreneur, like, one thing that I try to avoid, and I'm curious to know how you deal with it, is burnout. How do you keep from burning out? Yeah, man, that's a good one too, man. I would say it comes back to balance. And, and here's yeah. the best thing I can say. Um, a lot of times we talk about priority management, right? And, and even uh, you know, if you're in a position where you're, you're, you're working for somebody, your boss is probably going to tell you, you got to, you got to prioritize, you know, and manage your, your, your priorities. You know, I know that they told me that when I was working 
And then I came to realize that it's not about priority management. It's actually about time management, right? Yeah. And so for me, I manage my priorities within my time. Within that, I create a schedule per, per se of, I know when I'm going to be on a podcast with you. I know when I'm going to be uh, working on something. I create my priority based on that. So the best thing that I can tell you is that burnout is, is, is crucial and it's true. You have to create that balance of everything you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Um, I know before I just kind of went with the flow, like whatever came through and, and that might work for some people. It didn't work for me because for me, I want to kind of get an idea of what am I doing today, all day today? What are the things that I have to work on? Because then I created a, 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 a time management around those priorities. And then with that, I, I need to make sure that if I have to uh, add an hour of walking, which I do now, I walk twice a day, every day, 45 minutes in the morning, 45 minutes at night, because that's going to help me not get burned out. It's going to help me connect to something else, to a different power or being. It's going to help me you know, um, ease my mind and rest my, my, my mind. So I build that into my, uh, my time management. And so that's how you can uh, really balance your, your, your life. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to transition to your yeah. book and your podcast. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, I mean, the, the title alone for me, it definitely speaks to me because I yeah. feel the same way. Um, and it is, you can overcome anything, anything. correct? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that is, for me, that's exciting to know that, but it's also, there's, there's also some fear tied into that as well as like, you know, an, an element of curiosity as well. It's a lot tied into that for me, but uh, how did that come about for you? Yeah. So really how it came about. Um, so I have a couple of books. Now I have a total of seven books and how we got introduced on Clubhouse, James Ladd Jr. We actually done a couple of books together too. We've done three of them together. Um, two of the books that we've done, it's um, how we became entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, book number one, and the second one, the life of an entrepreneur. So some of the things that we're talking about in terms of priority management, uh, what we do on a day-to-day basis and things like that, you can find information on those books because we talk about it from two different perspectives. My very first book uh, is called You Can Overcome Anything, Even When the World Says No. That book is a memoir of my life, except I created it to where it's not so much about my story that matters. It's about the things that I did through my journey that can help you identify something within your own life and, and in hopes and faith that you can extract lessons and ideas that can help your own journey. And so the biggest story is like, here's where I think people get hung up with the idea too. When I wanted to write this book, I first had the idea and I told myself, like, Caesar, like, who are you kidding? You're not a writer. No one's going to buy your book. You don't like to read. Like, why are you even trying to do this? Going back to what I said, that mindset, I talked myself out of it. And I said, you know what? In my mind, I'm like, yeah, this is not for me. The last time I read a book was back in high school. And that's the only reason why I did that is because my English teacher made me read a book. Other than that, I don't read. Yeah. And so I felt like I was not in that space. And so I talked myself out of it. And here's the lesson I learned from that, though. About a month later, I said, wait a minute. 
what about if I just do this for myself as a self-accomplishment? What about if I do this to leave something behind for my daughter? So what I did there is I changed the frame. I looked at it from a different perspective. So sometimes if you're hung up with something, change the frame. Look at it from a different perspective and you might get the answer you want. So when I change the frame, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not doing this to sell copies. I'm not doing this to do any of that. I'm just doing this for me, for myself, to feel good about an accomplishment. And sure enough, I started writing my book. I actually finished uh, almost uh, uh, two weeks before I, I expected to finish the book. And I got to tell you, from that became a different passion. That was my very first book. I got a lot of great feedback. Uh, you can go on Amazon and look at some of the reviews. People are like, hey, by reading your book, although it's my story, um, I've learned so much that like you've changed my life. And that for me was a million dollars. Yeah. Not even the money, it's the feedback. And so that changed uh, kind of my, my, my trajectory when it came down to book writing, because from that, somebody reached out to me and said, hey, you want to be part of this book because we read your story and it's so amazing that we want you to be a contributing author to this book. And wow. I said, sure enough, I did. And I jumped on that opportunity. After that, uh, James and I connected and said, hey, what, how about you and I write a book about entrepreneurs? And we got two volumes out. And then from that, I came up with the idea of what about if I start a podcast show called You Can Overcome Anything, where I can bring people from all walks of life, different stories, to talk about what they had to overcome in their life. I don't care if it was drugs, uh, verbal abuse, physical abuse, rape, whatever that might have been to them, they overcame something. And what are the habits, the ideas, the things they had to do to overcome that obstacle where we can talk to people and then people can relate to that and they can use it in their own lives. So that's how the podcast came about. A little bit after that, I said, well, what about if I keep doing this to reach more people? And I started a series called You Can Overcome Anything, which right now we're on volume three. The very first two books uh, became number one best international sellers in multiple categories, multiple countries. <sighs> where I have people there. So it's a bunch of people that are contributing to this book series, different stories, different everything. And they talk about their stories and people are connecting to that. So that's how that whole idea came about. That's really dope. Um, it's really dope. Cause that's kind of how I started this podcast as well. Like just kind of, kind of chronicling my journey of coming out and getting out of relationship and stuff. And, now we're here. Yeah, that's right, exactly. But, and, and, and so here's one thing that I tell people too, like sometimes, like in your case, right? Coming out of a relationship or all that stuff, whatever you were going through, I tell people sometimes, not actually not sometimes, people that are able to recognize this, uh, from pain, a purpose was born, right? Yes. So that's huge because some people get hung up on the pain and that's that's where they stay. Some people look at that pain and said, well, what is the purpose? What is the lesson? What can I extract from this? And what can I do to now impact not only my life, also the lives of other people? And you're doing that through your show. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, what is, because I, I, I had, and like you sharing writing a book and just your process, like I'm able to connect to that so much because I've written some stuff, but also felt like, same way. I don't read. Uh, I don't do <laughs> yeah. this. I don't do that. But what was the process of like writing a book like for you? Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you the first for, uh, the first time, my very first book, uh, again, 
once I got over the idea of I'm not a writer and I changed the framing of that, to me, I just started writing. And I reached out to a couple of the connections that I have and, and got ideas. And one of the things that I learned, uh, specifically if you're trying to write a book, uh, your own book, and uh, you're looking at anywhere between 30,000 words, which is a, big, a pretty good, uh, good-sized book, about 130 to 150 uh, pages uh, of a book, um, you can do and use this technique. It's the 1-10-10-3, uh, all right? What, it, what that means and, and how I create that is it, you can just create an outline to kind of give you a format on writing the book, especially if you've never written a book. Just do 1-10-10-3, create that format, and utilize it. Now, this is obviously if you're writing the book. You're not getting a ghostwriter. Like, you're actually writing the book. So, one is what is the overall objective? What is uh, essentially that's going to become the book title, right? So, what's the objective? Yeah. Like, what are you writing about, right? Now, you can change that, obviously, but you want to get an idea. So, the one is is the objective of your writing, which will be the book, uh, the, the, the title of the book. Uh, then 10 will be 10 major subjects, right? Which essentially will become your 10, 10 chapters, minimum of 10 chapters, right? Of that one idea. So you have 10 different subjects. The next 10 is going to be 10 chapters, minimum of 10, 10 chapters, uh, I'm sorry, 10 paragraphs per chapter, right? So you have the uh, major idea, you have the 10 subjects, you have 10 paragraphs to each one of those subjects. The next one, which is three, will be a minimum of three sentences per paragraph, right? So that by creating that, it creates you an outline. When I got over the idea of no one's going to read my book, I actually created that outline for myself. And even though I didn't follow it 100% because I got more chapters, that's fine. That is what got me to writing the book of almost 30, 35,000 words, and so wow. that became that. Once I did that, obviously, I, I connected with a publisher to get my book published, which they worked on the book cover. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into the book, like from a book cover to formatting to publishing, uh, both the ebook, the paperback, uh, and the formatting, and all, all, all of that. And if I may, I ask, as a matter of fact, now that I'm doing this, I do offer that for people that want to do and get their own book. I do publish books for people uh, as self-published. They get 100% of that. I just help them through the process. And I do have a program that can help them with that too. Nice. What is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? I would say, so there, there's this uh, quote that I like from uh, Les Brown. And, and I really enjoy that. And I think that if I can go back to that, I would definitely tell myself that. And, and he says, if you do what is easy, your life will be hard. If you do what is hard, your life will be easy. And when you digest that, it's easy to uh, come home when you're tired, sit on the couch, watch TV. It's easy for you to eat pizza and hamburgers each and every day because it tastes good. It's easy for you to party every weekend, which I used to do uh, thir Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like party every weekend and get wasted because it's just easy to do that, right? Except when you do all of those things, your life will be hard. You, you know, think about it. When you're drinking for the for three days consecutively, you're going to have a big old hangover. When you're eating all of that bad food, you're going to be overweight and probably um, develop a, 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 a obese, a obesity, right? That is hard, Right. So when you do what is easy, your life will be hard. When you do what is hard, 
your life will be easy. So it is hard to get home after an eight, nine, 10 hour shift. And instead of watching TV, you actually get on your computer and start writing the book that you want to write or start working on the business or being uh, affectionate with your significant other instead of giving them a hard time, right? It's hard to say no to the pizza and the, and the wings and the fries because I love all of that, right? It's hard to do all of that. And again, if you do that, though, you're going to have a better life at the end, which is going to be easy. So I really enjoy that because it is true. When you do what is easy, your life will be hard. When you do what is hard, your life will be easy. If I can go back and tell myself a lot of those things that I did then, I'll probably be in a different place now. I'm not probably, yeah. I will definitely be in a different place now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's a reminder that you want to set for your future self? I would say... Um, I would say definitely surrender and deal with what emerges. And what I mean by that, again, surrender not to give up, surrender to accept, surrender to uh, understand what is in front of you, surrender that, again, I'm not going to get into politics and I don't care which way you went to, but let's just say there was, there's, there has been a lot of controversy of who would have won and it doesn't, I don't care either. The, the point is though, if you don't surrender to that, you're you're if you're Trump supporter, you're pissed off. If you're uh, uh, Joe Biden supporter, you're probably happy or also pissed off if you would have lost. At the end of the day, you just got to surrender and accept the fact that whatever is in front of you, you have to deal with what emerges. You have to deal with, with what is in front of you. See what is in front of you and just go with those punches. So I know for, for a fact for me, even now, that could be very challenging. And, and so in the near future, I need to remind myself that deal with what emerges. If, uh, I, if, if my girlfriend left me, uh, I got to deal with that and, and, and work on myself and, and work on what I have to do, surrender, accept, and can continue to work on myself. If I lose $10,000, $20,000, which I have lost that much money in real estate investing, deal with that and move forward, right? Not move on, move forward. Yeah, I like that. So I have another segment of the show okay. sponsored by Feel Free to Feel Free. It's called Five Questions of Freedom. And you have to answer these questions as fast as you can. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. <laughs> All right. So the first question is real estate or podcasting? Real estate. Podcasting or writing books? Oh. Uh writing books. Okay. Um, who is your favorite motivational speaker? Oh man, I have a lot of them. I can give you a handful, but I would say, okay. I'm, I mean, I, I love Les Brown and Jim Rohn, uh, my mentor, Marshall Silver. Nice. What a few. <laughs> Dick Ziegler, Errol Nightingale. Okay. I listen to all those guys. <laughs> nice. Uh who would you like to be on? Like you can have anybody dead or alive. Who would you like to be a guest on your show? Right now, I definitely want to get Les Brown on my freaking show. Okay. Yeah. You put it out, you put it out there on here on this show. So yeah, what happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and last question. What brings you freedom? I would say the joy of being able to do something that I enjoy and I like, in other words, in my own terms. And, and, and if I may uh, elaborate on, on this a little bit, it comes down to 
a lot of people define success through a monetary aspect. I define success based on the happiness or the joy or the freedom that that brings to you, whatever that might be. You can be a, uh, a father, a, a housewife, or a house, husband, or a janitor, except that brings you a lot of joy. That is success to you. And so I don't define success based on a monetary aspect because you've seen it time after time where people have a lot of money, yet they're very miserable. I define success based on the people that are surrounded around me, based on the things that I'm doing, the impact that I'm leaving behind the world. Because if I die tomorrow, I know that I left a good impact. So to me, it's really that. And I appreciate you being here so much. Thank um, you, Mike. Cesar, where can the people find you? Yeah, the best way you can find me will be in my website, www.cesarrespino.com. Or social media or just Google my name and I'm sure I'm going to pop somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and can you please give the people the name of the podcast and the book again? Yeah. So the podcast is You Can Overcome Anything podcast show. You can find that at any podcast platform. And then the book, uh, most of the books, they're, they're called uh, You Can Overcome Anything. Uh, best way to do it is just uh, go to Amazon and type in my name and then all my books are going to come up. Okay. That sounds good, man. Caesar, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Art of Letting Go. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Let other people know what you think as well. If you want to get in touch with us, Hit us up on all social media at the Art of Letting Go Podcast. Also, you can send me an email, the Art of Letting Go Podcast at gmail.com, or give us a call. Leave a message. We might play it on the show. 213-394-2773. Also, if you would like to support the Art of Letting Go, we got some really cool merch as well as we're now on Patreon. You can find us, the Art of Letting Go Podcast. Subscribe to us. Thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go.